Hi, I'm Laura Pascas, senior producer for Our Land, New Mexico's environmental past, present, and future. You're listening to New Mexico in Focus, the podcast. Here in our state, wildlife species like deer and elk belong to the people, but are managed by the state, by the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. Some New Mexico hunters are saying that the distribution of hunting authorizations or hunting tags aren't fair to residents who depend on that meat and who enjoy hunting with their friends and family. Not everyone in the state is a hunter, obviously, or even likes the idea of hunting for various reasons, but wildlife management is important to everyone, says Jesse Dubell. He's a sportsman and the executive director of the New Mexico Wildlife Federation. In the conversation you're about to hear, Jesse and I talk about hunting authorizations, game management models, and also about what he calls a dysfunctional game commission here in the state. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here with me today. No, thank you so much for having me. It's great to see you. So we're here in New Mexico. I'm a New Mexico resident. What would I do if I wanted to, like, say, apply for an elk tag? If uh, if a New Mexican or a non-resident of New Mexico wants to hunt big game in New Mexico, you apply in the New Mexico Big Game Draw. Uh, that's administered by the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. And um, an interested hunter can go on the department's website, fill the application out online. The deadline to do that is March 22nd. So the application period is currently open and it closes 5 p.m. March 22nd. Okay, and then what happens? Can I just do what I want? Well, after you apply, you've got to wait for the draw results, those long-awaited draw results. It takes about a month, and in the middle of April, uh, the department will send out email notices, or individuals can go on their their account, their customer account with New Mexico Department of Game and Fish, to see their draw results. So, uh, just like New Mexico has red and green chili, when we go to the draw results, we want to see a lot of green, because green means you've drawn the tag, red means you were unsuccessful in that particular draw. Okay, and so, and then there are some tags that the state reserves for private landowners, is that right? That's correct. So only, if we're talking about elk here, only 62% of all elk tags are actually included in the public draw. So New Mexico state statute says that in the public draw, New Mexico residents get 84% of the available tags, non-residents without an outfitter get 6%, and those individuals who have a contract uh, with an outfitter, they have 10% of the tags reserved for those applicants that could be resident or non-resident. But to answer your question, 38% of the tags for elk in particular are issued to private individuals and those are transferable authorizations. So whoever receives those authorizations can then sell them to the highest bidder, they can give them away, they can do whatever they like with them. Uh, and then who, uh, whoever ultimately has that authorization can convert it into a tag to hunt elk in New Mexico. So I actually don't hunt myself, but I do have a lot of friends who hunt and I hear complaints like, I didn't draw a tag this year, I didn't draw a tag, tag this year. Um, how does the, the tag system work and is it fair for New Mexicans versus outsiders? What's going on there? Well, that's a fairly subjective um, answer, I guess, but I'll, I'll provide you with my perspective on that. First of all, when we're the, the draw process is very complicated, so any applicants would certainly benefit by fully understanding the draw process. You get multiple choices. You have first, second, third choice options, in some cases even fourth and fifth choice options. 
it is a supply and demand issue. The reality is there are more people that want to hunt elk in New Mexico than there are elk tags available. So again, someone would benefit from fully understanding the system and developing a, a strong strategy as to how to draw a tag. Even if you do that though, there are going to be thousands of hunters every year that do not draw uh, an elk tag. That's the reality of it. And I don't believe the current system's fair because approximately 35% of all elk hunting opportunity in the state of New Mexico is currently being utilized by non-residents of the state. If you look at a neighboring state like Arizona, for example, you'll find that 10% or less of all elk hunting opportunity in Arizona is allocated for non-residents. So New Mexico definitely gives an outsized portion of our elk hunting opportunity to people who do not live in the state. In fact, in 2021, the Legislative Finance Committee came out with a report, they did an audit that, that said just that, that the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish prioritizes non-residents in a way that's not consistent with other Western states. These like private landowners who get access to tags, then they can sell those, right? And how much do those generally cost and who gets those? Well, that's a good question. Most of the time those tags are being sold to non-residents of the state. And that's just because of economics. Residents have every opportunity to buy the tag just as a non-resident does. But in the Gila, it's not uncommon to see an elk tag, a single elk, I say tag authorization that eventually converts to a tag for $20,000 or more. And, and that's just for the authorization. We're not talking about outfitting services. We're not talking about guiding services or meals or lodging or any of that. Just for a unique five digit code, if it sells for $20,000, there's just not that many New Mexicans who have the ability to pay that kind of money for an opportunity to hunt the elk that we publicly own. In as much as somebody can, an animal can belong to people, but wildlife in New Mexico belong to New Mexicans, is that right? That's correct. The wildlife of the state are managed as a public trust resource. And, and some people might be offended by the term resource as you just kind of alluded to. Laura, wildlife absolutely has intrinsic value. We love wildlife. I mean, I generally refer to them as the wild others because I feel like we're also, you know, just animals like, like they are. So I have a very strong relationship with wild animals, but humans have altered the, the landscape in such a way that it requires management. We have to manage these species. Nothing exists anymore by accident. Animals, wildlife is here because we want it to be here. And different than a lot of other systems around the world, like in Europe, if a wild animal is standing on private property, it doesn't belong to the owner of the property. Wildlife belongs collectively to all of the residents of New Mexico. And we have a state game commission who should be acting as the trustees to the beneficiaries of the trust. The beneficiaries being the residents of New Mexico, the trustees being the game commission, wildlife should be managed as a public trust resource. And are they in New Mexico? Well, that's arguable. I, I believe going back to that 35% of opportunity being allocated, you know, being granted to non-residents of the state, I think that's very disproportionate. I don't think the residents of New Mexico are seeing the, the type of management practices that are common across the West that really prioritizes the residents of the state as it relates to the management of the wildlife in the state. Mm -hmm. So how do you think things could be different? Like what would it, what would it look like? Well, there's a lot of different solutions to, to the system that we refer to as E+. Now, E+, is an acronym for Elk Private Land Use System. Um, I'll make it clear that 
private landowners provide incredible habitat for our wildlife. I mean, they're, they're necessary and the habitat they provide is valuable and it helps to ensure that we have robust wildlife populations. So I absolutely believe that landowners should be incentivized for being great stewards of the land and providing that habitat. In a dry state like New Mexico, water is a critical habitat component that is often only available on private lands. But what's most acceptable in my mind is that landowners would sell access to what they own, which is access to the land. So if the tags are available in a public draw and democratically allocated as is called for in the North American model of wildlife conservation, then the recipients of the tag could pay a trespass fee to the landowner and say, you know, that landowner has ideal habitat, robust populations of elk, and I'm willing to pay to go on that land and hunt those public elk. But the access to the opportunity to hunt being decided by a private individual is what I have issue with. Yeah. So for those people who don't hunt or maybe even don't like to eat wild game, like why should they care about this wildlife model or this way that wildlife is managed in New Mexico? Well, there's a variety of reasons. One of the important ones comes down to funding. Uh, The New Mexico Department of Game and Fish is an enterprise agency that doesn't receive any general fund appropriations typically, so it's funded entirely by hunting and fishing license dollars, as well as federal matching dollars that are provided through things like the Pittman-Robertson Act and the Dingle-Johnson Act. Those are excise taxes on firearms, ammunition, fishing equipment, marine fuel, things like that. But hunters are paying for the state wildlife agency to manage all the wildlife in the state. And the department often gets criticized that they don't do enough work on non-game species. But I think a lot of those criticisms are misdirected. Um, They do incredible work on species from Gila monsters to pinion jays to you name it. I mean, the Chiricahua leopard frog, all kinds of non-game species. So the agency does the best they can with the resources they have which is also why this non-resident model is challenging to fix because non-residents pay a lot more for licenses than New Mexicans do. New Mexico residents pay a discounted rate because non-residents pay more. Uh, Currently in the legislature, there is a license fee increase bill. And what we found is that the residents of New Mexico are showing up and stating we're happy to pay more. New Mexico hunters are willing to pay more. We want a more equitable allocation system, but we also want a super well-funded agency so they can manage the wildlife, not just for hunters, but for every New Mexican. Uh, Going back to the public trust doctrine, wildlife doesn't just belong to hunters. Hunters pay the bill, but it belongs to every resident of the state. And having a well-managed hunting program ensures that we have balanced populations, that our wildlife populations are not exceeding the habitat's carrying capacity. Also make sure that we have a well-funded agency. So I'm curious where hunting in general in New Mexico fits into the food security issue. Like, do most New Mexico hunters eat what they're harvesting? You know, I would say, Laura, that that's probably the number one motivating reason that most hunters in New Mexico hunt is to fill the freezer. Uh, That's certainly my primary reason. Uh, There's a lot of reasons. You know, you love to be outside and commune with nature and spend time with friends and family and all of those things are important. But filling the freezer is a top priority of every New Mexican hunter I know and it's absolutely a food security issue. And that's one of the reasons that having 35% of our elk hunting opportunity going out of state is inappropriate because that means 35% of the meat 
taken from elk off of our landscape is also going out of state. And you know, from a from an average elk, I'm going to get about 200 pounds of lean, healthy, organic, sustainably harvested protein. And food security is a, a serious issue in New Mexico. The license fee increase bill that I just mentioned includes a provision that any New Mexican who qualifies for SNAP benefits, that's a state nutritional assistance program, will receive a 25% discount on their hunting and fishing license. And that's because we recognize that hunting is, is critical to many families when it comes to ensuring they have adequate food supply. We've talked about uh, the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. Um, there's also the Game Commission. And I've been covering wildlife issues in New Mexico for decades. And it's a, it's a commission that has, there have been ups and downs and problems over administrations, but it does seem like right now the Game Commission is in somewhat of a crisis. What is happening? The commission is in shambles. Uh, that's a reality. And the New Mexico Wildlife Federation was critical in establishing the New Mexico State Game Commission back when Aldo Leopold was running the organization. So I'm certainly walking in some, some huge footsteps there. Um, but the commission was created so that it could create insulation between wildlife management and politics. We need to manage wildlife based on science, not based on political motivations. Unfortunately, our current commission structure allows a governor to remove any commission, any commissioner at any time without cause. So as long as that structure is in place, we struggle with getting a game commission who can operate and make decisions independently of political pressures. Uh, there's also a bill in the state legislature, keep going back to politics here, but uh, it's a game commission reform bill. It's House Bill 184, and it would make it so that if a commissioner was gonna be removed, there would have to be just cause for removal and a governor could make the recommendation, but that recommendation would then go to the Supreme Court justices in the state, and our state Supreme Court justices would make the decision as to whether or not removal was appropriate. That's, in my mind, the number one most important fix we can do to ensure that we don't find ourselves in a situation like we're in today, where our seven-person commission only has three commissioners, which means they can't even form a quorum, which means they're completely dysfunctional. I mean, they, they cannot function, you know, I'm not using dysfunctional simply as an adjective, but as a descriptor of their inability to actually make a decision at this moment in time because they don't have enough commissioners. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Laura Paskus. Find more environmental content on New Mexico in Focus as part of our show, Our Land, New Mexico's Environmental Past, Present, and Future. You can find Our Land all over the place on the PBS video app, Instagram, YouTube, and subscribe to Our Land Weekly also. Thanks.